1: I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Matter of fact, we're going to talk to one of Captain Dennis's former students, who is now an official private pilot. Uh, We'll find out if he has rave reviews for his instructor, which was Captain Dennis. And, and, you know, you'll have to tune in for that or stick around and see how that uh, went. See if he paid him enough to say good things about him. But that's a little bit later on. First off, we got to talk about what's been happening in the last week. Uh, you know, Halloween, uh, we, we had that Tuesday night. Did you have a pumpkin uh, drop at your air park, by the way, Dennis? Will you-
2: no, they kind of frown on that because the uh, the birds will then go and eat that. And, oh. then, you know, we don't want to encourage the birds to hang around here any more than they already do.
1: Right. Yeah. You don't want to create a sloppy mess. Uh, so you didn't do that. But uh, you probably went around the air park, picked up some candy. Or you know, beer. Okay, did a tree did a trick. Did a trick for a beer. Yeah. You can do that too. That's what the adults have a tendency to do. But uh but yeah, uh were they talking amongst themselves on Halloween evening as you're, you know, sitting out there in front of the house handing out candy about these uh fees down in Key West for Fantasy Fest or even worse yet, uh what about uh, Vegas? It's made the news with the ramp freeze, the Formula One racing going on out there. Yeah, I we I, I didn't realize they were really sticking it to the pilots out there, but they are, aren't they?
2: Well, they're they're not just sticking to it; they're jabbing it in and twisting. I mean, they're, they're charging three thousand dollars whether you stay on the ramp or not. If you just want to show up and even drop off a passenger, it's three grand.
1: Wow! How can and they get matter. away with that? I, is that and that is that at McCarran International or any uh, McCarran?
2: Uh, uh, and uh, Henderson, and oh, no. uh, I can't remember the third one in there, but the three GA or well, the two the the air the airline airport and the two GA airports all are owned by Clark County, and all are imposing these three thousand dollar fees. Hmm. So you have if you have to do a prior permission uh, to even be able to land at these airports because they have they're anticipating so much traffic. Yeah, and part of the prior permission required is you pay the three thousand dollar fee, no refunds. So if your plans change, you don't get your three grand back.
0: Yeah. And, <laughs> if
1: you show
2: up, you still pay three grand.
1: This is all because of the races they got going on out there that, uh, I mean, when do those end or have they ended? It's the middle of November. Um so oh, okay. So that's in, still it's, ramping up right now. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah.
2: And people are starting to find out. And the worst part is they're supposed to be publishing this kind of information. You go into the NOTAM system, there is nothing about a PPR required for those airports. Yeah. Uh, it's not being published yet because it's not effective. It's not. So there's really no way, unless you go and call every single one of these airports and ask them, uh, there's no way you would know. Uh, and so fortunately, a few people have gotten wind of this and have started looking into it and are now raising a big stink on social media, in right. the traditional media. And, you know, here we are. How about that?
1: So, okay. But so it won't go into effect until the actual race.
2: I assume. Yeah, well, like yeah. the week around the race, right. you know, whenever they decide to turn it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes. But if you and- made
1: your hotel reservations and and got your tickets for the races out there in Vegas, and then all of a sudden you realize, holy crap, it's going to cost me three grand just to land my plane. Oh boy. Oh boy. I didn't figure on that extra expense. Uh so, so I don't know. Do uh, you think there's any uh, potential backlash? What they'll uh, back off of this a little bit? You think know, maybe?
2: Maybe I doubt I doubt that they're going to back off one inch uh, Mm. unless somebody higher up, like the FAA, comes and steps in, and that's what I I think really needs to happen. I mean, AOPA has done a great job of digging into this type of thing and pushing for transparency, right? But it really comes down to the FAA. These are publicly funded airports; they receive airport improvement funds that are paid for by pilots. That airport improvement fund—it's coming out of the fuel taxes and our registration fees and other things like that. Right. So for them to decide that we're going to impose a $3000 fee to access the facility that I've already paid for, I think that that's wrong and they mm-hmm. need to revamp it.
1: Right. They're just trying to ke- keep the uh, riff-raff out like you. Well, they <laughs> they are. I mean, right. the well-heeled don't care. Mhm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, not everybody in aviation is rich. And that's what people don't understand. There's haves and have mores. And, you know, the have mores don't care. Right. I, I do flying because I don't like to fish. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, I'm a Minnesotan. I didn't have a bass boat and a pickup truck and a trailer. I have an airplane. That's what I liked. And I'm down here in Florida now where I get to do that even more often.
1: Right. Well, but- you were flirting with the idea of flying down to uh, Key West for Fantasy Fest, but last year when you did it, you realized that uh as you were planning accordingly, you called down to Signature and found out that the landing fee during Key uh during Fantasy Fest was going to cost you what, 250?
2: Yeah, I think it was about 250 just to show up on the ramp plus your normal ramp fees and everything else. So it's like, really? And then I find out from other people that anytime there's an event and it's up to Signature to decide what is considered an event, it could be the hydrofoil races offshore. Mm. It didn't have to be, you know, something that's island-wide event. Right. Um, they can just arbitrarily impose this $250 fee. So we need to fix that. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it just seems a little too arbitrary. And, you know, look, uh, going down to Key West in particular, for you, being in Fort Myers is a fun little uh, outing. You were just going to meet RV Tom for lunch, and and they were uh, going to hit you, hit you up big time. But you uh, figured out a way by calling them and talking to them. Like, look, I'm not going to be here for very long. I don't need to pay that fee, do and they? And they made an exception. You know That because,
2: was a one-time exception, and right. it was last year. So I yeah. don't think I was going to – I wasn't going to try to push my luck and try it again this year.
1: Right. But you would think that they'd be paying you if you went down there for Fantasy Fest with the idea or a good chance that you're going to see some naked guy walking around with a sock on his – well, you know. Uh, I the, think
2: <laughs> they would pay me to stay home.
1: Possibly. Possibly. But uh, you shouldn't have to pay an extra 250 bucks for that uh, opportunity but RV Tom was there so hopefully we're going to uh, check in with him at some point today and find out how Fantasy Fest went for him uh but he didn't fly he took his RV down because you know well he actually has an RV he has an RV9 and an RV a real RV and he took the RV with wheels well, this which time which
2: one's the yeah, okay there you go cuz both <laughs> of them are real RVs right
1: so. i guess they both have wheels too but you know the the one that you can live in he he rolled it rolled down uh down to Key West and did that. I saw the pictures. It looked like they had a pretty good time. I I don't know that we want to talk about them, though, because you know what happens in Key West. You know, shows up on social media and potentially uh, ruins your reputation. So it's probably all we need to say. We'll let him fill in the blanks, right? If he joins us. Uh-
2: he should be joining us shortly, so okay. yes, we should right. get a detailed analysis of what all went on down there.
1: Yeah, but were you tempted to go down there, or was it the fee again that just kept you from going? No, I think? was
2: very tempted. Unfortunately, uh, the Mooney was still up on blocks in the hangar having the annual done, so... Oh. Uh, You know, it kind of worked out to my advantage. I was no longer under the pressure of, well, should I go or shouldn't I? Nope. Got to stay home and finish this.
1: Well, you know, 250 bucks, though, sounds like a bargain compared to going to the races in Vegas in November. (laughs) Oh, jeez.
2: Three (laughs) grand? Let me see. I can look at people in body paint or I can watch a car drive really fast (laughs) in a circle.
1: And it would just be a blur
2: uh, because they're running so fast. I I saw things go fast. Uh, in uh, reno and that was far more impressive watching mustangs at 50 feet so right And i don't see the thrill there for me personally
1: well and you did they didn't have a ramp fee for that event for the reno race right
2: (laughs) nope i see they they just charge admission but it was a reasonable price
1: yeah i mean you know they're going to charge their tickets for their events i understand that but these ramp fees yeah they get we got to get this stuff under control uh, otherwise you know you're uh, alienating a big uh, a group of folks that would love to come down and spend some quality time seeing naked guys walk around with socks on their whatever and body painted ladies yeah it's what they do down at fantasy fest and key west so uh you've been warned or you can plan accordingly for next year more coming up on just plain radio
0: Just Plane Radio, the show devoted
1: exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message, and we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. To justplainradio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter.
0: with just plain radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle i can see where flying can open up a whole new world of opportunities in business and recreation and getting to see the kids
3: whenever we want
0: to oh i should say besides i like to fly
3: and so do i
0: well good then let's get back at it huh?
1: Like an this is just plain radio gregor co-pilot that's me along captain dennis rv tom has joined us uh, now so we're going to get our first-hand report on what happened down in uh, key west for fantasy fest but before we do that we got to bring on a special guest uh dan is his name flying is his game because he just got his private pilot certificate thanks to captain dennis's uh tutelage are you going to give him total props there dan or what
3: Oh, absolutely. Okay, He's a great. All right, instructor.
1: You paid him just enough, Dennis, to say good things. It sounds like to me. <laughs> or I just charged him just enough. <laughs> okay, that's true. Now, uh, so so you're a private pilot now, and uh, are you are you on like, Cloud Nine or what, uh, Dan? What do you think?
3: Oh yeah, it's been great. Um, the journey was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of stuff to learn along the way.
1: Yeah, and um, you know.
3: Mr. Dennis was uh, extremely patient with me.
1: Yeah, well, he, he's uh, potentially going to be uh, doing some training for me too, so I'm gonna I'm gonna push that patience as far as it can go. But you might have graced well, the pushed wheel for, for me. twelve
2: years already.
1: Right. Well, how long did it take, uh, Dan? Uh, well, you, you got you started training when Dan? How long ago?
3: Start to finish, I think I was right at five months.
1: Five months from uh, zero to hero. Is that what it was? Really? That's it. So you really yeah, are uh, trying to make me look bad, okay? See, you, d- you didn't even <laughs> stop to smell the diesel fuel or whatever.
2: Oh, he had plenty of that because he has a full time job as a diesel mechanic. Oh, so okay. he still managed to do yeah. all this and his day job.
1: All right. Well, yeah. What do you plan to do with this new uh, found skill, uh, Dan? Are you going to incorporate it into your in your work thing, or is this just going to be a fun little thing you do on the side as a you know hobbyist type of uh, airplane? You know fly our pilot
3: you know we'll see what the future brings but uh primarily it's just you know to uh to be able to open up uh new adventures for the family yeah be able to travel a little further on the
1: weekends that sounds nice absolutely that would be something i want to do are you a scuba diver like me and dennis too or are you just want to absolutely. get out there and yo you're okay yeah. so we got oh, another yeah, uh dive buddy in the works uh, here is that right, Dennis? Is that yeah. the plan? And, and even better,
2: he's also a boater. So oh, okay. uh, he's he's got the boat to go take us out fishing or uh, diving, whatever. So, yeah, it's good to have friends.
1: Yeah. And, and now he'll potentially be able to fly us there. Yeah. Are you getting your own airplane or do you already have one? Uh-huh. What do you think?
3: I already bought
1: one. Okay. What is it? What do you have?
3: Uh, it's a uh, PA-28
1: Piper Cherokee 180. Okay. That sounds pretty nice. That That's a so- fairly good size uh, aircraft, isn't it, Dennis? Yeah, right. it's a
2: four seat. It's it's comparable in size to the Mooney. It's a 180 horse fixed gear. Yeah. But this is the one that we picked up uh, in uh, Oklahoma back in July. Oh, that's so, right. I remember yeah. now. Dan okay. and I went up to Oklahoma and picked this up, and so he got a lot of his uh, cross country and his nighttime uh, requirements for his uh, private pilot license on his delivery flight.
1: There you go. So, who found this uh, aircraft? You or him, Dennis? What do you think? Uh, Daniel found it. He he went shopping for it yeah. and looked at it and did so all. what the ma- what made research? it jump off the uh, off the screen? It's like, okay, this is my plane. What was it, Dan? What do you think?
3: Oh, it was a combination of things. Uh, you know, the price point was great. Um, the condition was good. Yeah. And um, you know, just had everything you here, wanted. I had a little bit of. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, it's not my forever plane, but it's a great starter.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so it'll, it'll do the trick for a while. Uh, but you already got your uh, sights set on something bigger and more powerful? Uh, we always do, be honest.
3: Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> we always want to go faster. Right.
1: What's your ultimate uh, aircraft, you think? If you were, you know, like money wasn't an object, what would you like to have, you think, at this point? Have you gotten that far ahead?
3: I haven't even let my imagination run
1: that far yet okay you just want to bask in the glory of being a private pilot at this point i guess which yeah. you, you got yeah, to stop and enjoy each milestone for sure so are you doing the ifr uh, cert next or you already have that too
3: no, nope, no, nope,
1: that's uh, that's next. Okay, and Dennis, you're going to be uh, taking him right into that. I was, I assume, or what?
2: If he'll, uh, if he'll have me as his instructor, mm-hmm. um, I'd be happy to do his instrument. Um, you know, it's an excuse for him to do a few upgrades on that Cherokee. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got some older radios in there, and so it would be kind of nice to throw in a, a GPS and maybe a little bit, a uh, little bit newer uh, uh, VOR type uh, receiver as well. So that gotcha. He can- yeah. experience
1: but so dan what do you think are you going to jump right into it or you want to just uh hang out here at this level for a while and and really let it soak in get in some more experience in your plane and then maybe tackle it
3: uh, i plan on on uh, moving right into it yeah um,
1: that's usually know, what uh, they recommend yeah, right I dennis I'd... i mean that's what you should do if you can right is get right into ifr don't you think it certainly opens up a lot more opportunities
2: for you uh you know instead of being constrained by you know clouds and low ceilings, you know you you may be able to open up your personal minimums, hey, you know so it's a fifteen hundred or two thousand foot overcast day. I probably don't want to fly you know across the state of Florida in that right um you know getting beat up well if I could get on top of it, that'd be great so mm-hmm. it it definitely gives you a lot more options and more flexibility, makes you a better pilot uh, you definitely get a better understanding of how this you know the system works and the air traffic control and you know, it also, I think you just learn how to handle your airplane better because you need to stay ahead of it as opposed to reacting to it.
1: Right. Well, and plus, you're coming fresh from uh, training for private pilot, and you're kind of in that mode of learning, I think, you know, as yeah. opposed to taking a long break like I have done. Uh, yeah. yeah, like
2: all the airspace rules. You don't have to relearn them. You yes. already knew them. So right. a lot of that stuff becomes a refresher instead yeah. of, oh, Yeah. That stuff I was I'm supposed to know. Yeah, that's
1: it. Yeah. So, other than dealing with Captain Dennis as your flight instructor, what was the most difficult thing you had to do on your journey to become a private pilot, Dan?
3: For me, uh, struggling with uh, motion sickness. Really? That, that's probably that well. been uh, the biggest challenge for me.
1: Yeah, you just uh, you're prone to that type of thing, and it just got a little rough for you a couple times. Is that what happened?
3: Some of the maneuvers. I don't, uh, I don't do roller coasters and that type of thing. Uh, so you know, multiple, you know, yeah. circles and uh, unusual attitudes that usually will, will get me.
1: Yeah. Did you have to slow him down a bit there, Dennis, when you were doing some of the training because of that, well, or he just kind of got his air legs while you were flying or wings? The,
2: the big thing was <laughs> to try to avoid as much as you can. You don't go out and go do steep turns and then throw them into unusual attitudes. Right. Uh, you know, so I try to space the things out or I would make the effort to do the the uh, unusual attitude. Maybe is like the last thing before we come into land, so that yeah. he's not having to power through an entire hour long lesson while dealing with the uh, after effects of a touch of motion sickness. You know, that's right. just
1: fair. You never did have to blow chunks during your training, did you, Dan? I'm hoping not. No. Good. No. Okay. No, not that. You could have given him some tips on that. Uh, okay, open up the window. You know, give him a target to hit. Kind of like a pumpkin drop, you think, Dennis? (laughs) Okay, next time. Well, uh, congratulations to Dan. A new private pilot, thanks to his instructor, Captain Dennis. Dennis, you got another uh, notch in the bedpost. Is that how it works? No, I don't think so, right? You don't like to admit that? We'll leave that off the air and get to some other things. Maybe expose uh, RV Tom and his exploits in Key West. That's next on Just Plane Radio.
0: Just plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation
1: lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night.
0: plane radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle
1: i'm gonna take the plane out for a spin you want to come with me go fly i played it cool but i was pretty jazzed
0: (laughs) i love to fly i
1: love to do most anything this is Just plain Radio. Gregor, co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and RV Tom with us fresh from Key West and celebrating Fantasy Fest down there at the southernmost point of the United States. It's quite a party. Uh, it ranks right up there with Mardi Gras. Uh, maybe even less close. I, I don't know because the weather can be pretty warm down there and it uh, lends itself to uh, folks that just like to bear all. And celebrate Halloween and all, which is uh, spooky, because it's pretty spooky. It's it's a lot of people that have a tendency to expose themselves. You'd prefer they not do that. At least that was my experience when I did it many years ago, and I haven't been back because I, you know, the the scarring, the emotional scar that it left on me has really not uh, not ever healed. Uh, is that the case for you, Tom? Or are you ready to go back for next year? What do you think? Well,
4: I've we've been going. My wife and I we've been going there for about thirty-one years now. And oh, uh, wow!
1: Every year you've been going uh, to Fantasy Fest, pretty much, except
4: when you know when I was before I retired from airline. If I had to work on that weekend, then I didn't make it. But out of the thirty-one, made it most of the time. But I couldn't agree more with you. With a lot (laughs) of people that are painted or being exposed, they should not be. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, have you ever done that? You ever got yourself painted and walked down uh the? uh Duvall Street is yeah, it's Duval Street, right, there in Key West. Yeah, you know? uh no, I never got painted. I'm just kind of uh Not that he would be willing to admit to the world. <laughs>
4: right. It could be, but you're you
2: know, more I, of a a watcher, wife- not a participator.
4: Okay. All right. A voyeur. You know, it, at one time you, you could have, but when the internet once the internet became uh, you know a viable source of social media, then right. That, and never goes away once it's on the internet it'll be there forever right but so, you're
1: retired now so you don't have to worry about your uh you know <laughs> your company true, but, coming after coming but my you. wife is my wife is still an active flight attendant oh that's right yes yeah
4: and uh, she also uh you know she's a uh a doctor of oriental medicine does acupuncture and stuff like that so huh. you don't want you know your patients oh i saw you in fantasy fast while well, you know while she's putting you know uh acupuncture needles in you and stuff like that or when she's in flying for her company that she works for and then you come in the cockpit oh you know I, I saw you in fantasy fest or i saw you on the internet where you had no clothes on so it's it's <laughs> uncomfortable uh it's kind of uncomfortable for my wife so we we've never bared at all
1: right uh, well it is amazing people watching and if you've never done it even though it did kind of emotionally scor- scar me pretty well uh, I would definitely recommend the experience to anybody who's never seen it because it is a wonder. I mean, because you, you look at it, and you're like, "Why are they doing this? What is going on?" Yeah, you
4: know, but they're excited. You know, for every for every ten that should not be doing it, you get that one special one that you're glad makes that, it all geez, worthwhile.
1: Thank I got you. you. Yeah, there
4: was a couple of <laughs> of ladies walking down the Wall Street on Friday night. Yeah. Truly outstanding. Okay. I
1: mean, All right. And, well. I shouldn't
4: say upstanding. They were <laughs> yeah. just very beautiful to look at. And even my wife looked over and said, oh, my God, she, she's beautiful. I mean, it's just, and then people, they were both painted, her and her husband. Her husband a good-looking guy. You know, he had the physique, and you could tell he worked out. They were yeah. both painted. And they're you know, people stopping. Everybody taking pictures of them. And they just were proud of their body, bu- and you could tell they both worked out. They, you yeah. know, they both did the diet thing. And yeah. where are people. the pictures that you're sharing with us? That uh, yes,
2: yeah,
1: uh, yes, but. uh uh, These are the kind of the pictures that if uh-huh. they find them on your computer, uh, there's a good chance you might end up in in jail. So just be careful there. Uh, be careful what you ask for there, Dennis. I don't know, but it's uh, you mean, know what happens in Key West. You know, might show up on social media. Uh, so oh, you know, it will.
4: It'll. 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 It shows up forever. Ever since the internet came out in the last twenty years or so, I we have a, a friend of mine that she decides to get painted. This was God kind of two thousand. I don't know six or seven, and she still pops up on the internet to this day. And she's she's kind of embarrassed by it. Because she's in a present pre- a professional position where, right? Like, oh, my God, I wish I never did that. So.
1: If you do that, wear a mask for God's sakes. Yeah, <laughs> Protect exactly. yourself. You so that'd be my advice. But but you would agree with me that if you've never done Fantasy Fest in Key West, you ought to you know take the uh, you know take the opportunity to get down there potentially fly in i mean just understand they hit you up for that uh, landing fee for the events in key was which, which kind of sucks but but uh you would definitely recommend the event anybody's never done it right uh right Tom? Oh, absolutely like i yeah. said we,
4: we we've been in for the last 31 years it's, yeah it's absolutely so. it's on your bucket list everybody should do it at least once once at least once and twice if you like it i mean it's fun uh and then we have other venues down there we we, we go dive and, uh, scuba diving, but actually this, this week, the diving, you know, it kind of sucked. We had winds, yeah. you know, four, 4 to 8 feet inside the reef, and outside the reef, 8 to 12 feet. Right. Uh, the weather was really
1: have- good, but it was breezy, which made boating very difficult down there. Isn't that what it was? Pretty much. It was yeah, warm, wasn't we, it? it was when we nice did weather. go out to
4: get some some bugs or lobsters, the visibility, the current was so strong, uh and the visibility was, was you know, you couldn't see your hand in front of you, so uh-huh. kind of, but you know what? You're in Key West. The water's as blue as can be. It was, you know, 82 degrees. Uh, life is good. <laughs> really, I have no complaints. Uh, right. I mean, all the, you, there's a lot of women that shouldn't be that should be covered up, and it's very <laughs> pricey. And you know, flying yeah. into Key West, but it's an experience. Your yeah. It's your experience. You're going to Key West. I mean, right. it's, it really, truly is America's paradise. It's, it's one of the nicest places on the planet. I mean, it really is. And, uh, you know, me being a diver and a boater, I mean,
1: doesn't get uh, much better. Well,
4: yeah. We go down to the marinas there. We go to A and B marina and we go to all the other marinas to look at the boats that I can't possibly afford anymore. But right. it's just a lot of fun. But I mean,
1: you, that. uh, you took your RV, not your plane, not your RV nine, but you actually, you actually took your, uh your rv so you can just have a place to stay because it's very difficult to find a place during key west right
4: it is actually we booked uh we booked yesterday we say Boyd's campground in key west you know it's like mile marker five it's the closest one we actually booked yesterday morning for next year because it's wow. by today it'll all be booked up for next year so you gotta you know we've been doing Boyd's now for the last uh yeah, you know, unteen years and we love that place. I mean the proximity. I mean look out look out the back of your RV and you got Boca Chica the Naval Air Station right there and you see the fighters coming around every you know, four or five times a day and uh
1: Then you it's cap cold off cold the up. night with a painted lady and a guy wearing a sock on his well, you know, you'll have to go and yep. see for yourself.
4: And you, and you saw that at the campground too on Friday. <laughs> oh night, really? They do that in the Friday. they
1: do that in the campground. They just uh, it's Camp, not isolated well, they're, 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 to Duvall Street. And Key West, yeah, well, getting
4: ready. they have to get dressed somewhere, so they get camp, they get dressed in okay. their RV motorhome, right. and, yeah. and they got to drive to Are
2: they so- actually getting dressed
4: at that point? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, dress slash undressed. They're dressing uh-huh.
1: down, right? Sometimes but, it depends. I mean, costumes, it's all kinds, right? Yeah.
4: I mean, the costumes were fantastic. I mean, if you look, uh, you know, do the Wall Street, uh bring up fantasy fest 2023 i mean some fantastic uh especially with the led lighting and uh right. it was just good and then the parade was was absolutely fabulous yeah, yeah that's the of-
1: highlight they do that whatever you like the friday and saturday and well pretty much every night of fantasy fest it's a a week-long event uh up through halloween i believe isn't it and that yeah, how it yeah. works
4: and a really cool thing is like when leading up to before we went down we went down last uh sunday Live and Sloppy Joe's has a live camera where they're constantly streaming. So on Friday night and Saturday night, you could see all the people, you know, going by and you could just you know, get a, get an idea as we're getting ready to hit the wall street. I brought up on a big screen on the TV at home and I say, Hey, look at this. And let's, you know, it's just everything about it is very cool. Right. Push it, it you watch the webcam you go, Hey,
1: there's grandma. She's naked in Key West. Go, <laughs> yeah. you go, girl. <laughs>
4: It, it's a great time. Everybody should do Fancy Fest at least once. And like I said, we've been doing it for, for unteen years. And yeah, it's crowded. Yeah, it's expensive and all that stuff. But like it's you said, right, the experience is well worth it. And, it's right. like, well, and
1: it's a you might be memory. one of those people like, uh, you know, Tom and his uh, better half. They, they want to go down every year. I mean, you know, uh, different strokes, different folks. Just depends. All right. We yep. got more coming up. We got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Stay close. Are we
0: in LA? No, we're in North Dakota, hmm. and only those passengers deemed fit to fly will go on to Los Angeles.
3: And you're not one of them.
1: This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor, co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis and RV Tom, rounding out the crew. All right, so. Uh, you know, Tom was down there in Key West for Fantasy Fest and uh, has not been on the show the last couple of weeks. But he was actually catching up on the Just Plane Radio podcast on his way back home up to South Florida from Key West and heard us talking. I guess it was last week about United's new plane uh, or plan to fill their planes faster. And uh, basically, it was they put out a notice that they're going to start uh, this new thing for economy. Uh, tickets the people that board the plane first will be window seats followed by aisle seats or no followed by middle seats and then aisle seats and they're and if they do it that way they can uh actually fill the plane like three minutes faster according to their um study and uh, i don't know what, what do you think uh uh there tom because you you used to work for them as a captain uh on yep, these planes it's
4: actually It's actually about seven minutes faster or seven
1: minutes.
4: Yeah. We did it way back in, you know, God, back in continental airlines in the beginning of the 21st century when Gordon Bethune was our CEO and we started boarding from the window seat first. And you got a little, you know, pushback from it at first, but you know, but even, you know, like you heard, three minutes or seven minutes, but it's about seven minutes per per airplane. And that's just an narrow-body airplane. So you go wide-bodies, it it actually grows even – you save even more time.
1: Okay. But you think, gosh, yeah. oh,
4: only seven minutes. But you multiply that time. At the time, we have 364 airplanes. You multiply that seven minutes times every airplane and trying to get – the airplane only really makes money when it's in the air, when it's flying. So if you could turn that airplane quick and get it back out on the field and get airborne, that's when you make money. Right. And, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, last time I was in air, we talked about how an airliner like you know, like from Orlando and Newark, you might only make just not even like twelve hundred hours on that whole flight. Yes. And you were saying that doesn't that doesn't sound right, but it's true. So you only make, but if you multiply, you only make twelve hundred hours, and you multiply that times you know a couple hundred airplanes, and if you get that airplane turning, get it back in the air, then you multiply that twelve hundred that make times 300 airplanes that are flying in the air, that's how you start making money. So every minute counts. Uh-huh. I don't know if you remember way back, God, about 20 years ago, American Airlines removed the olive from the martini. Remember that?
1: No, they really. They yeah. took the olives out of the martinis. And that was before my time. Was it 2003, 2003 they did that? I was you know, around, then. I didn't know Everybody said, oh,
4: just an all Okay. But it worked out to be, you know, hundreds of dollars every day when you multiply how big American Airlines was when they were the largest airplane out there back in 2001. So you multiply, okay, it just took a couple olives out of the martini. Uh-huh. But all that thing would multiply, and it really does work. So every minute you could save, get the airplane turned around, and every cost-saving event that you can make, it adds to the bottom line.
1: Just Understood. like you guys are talking about. They got to squeeze that turnip and get every ounce of uh, revenue they can. And I, I mean, I get it. I mean, my thing was I'm a. I, I usually like to sit in the aisle seat, so I, I'm going to have to rethink my booking uh, plans here. Because you know, if you you sit in the aisle, set in the aisle seat. If I don't have any bag, I got to put put up in the bin. But if I'm an aisle seater guy. And I'm the last person to board. I'm not going to have any space for any bag I bring on, so I better make sure I bring only stuff I can fit under, uh, you know, underneath the seat in front of me, and down there by my feet. If I have a bag, uh, you know, I, I'm going to have to book a window seat now if I'm going to economy. Would you agree?
4: I I agree. We that's the pushback. The flight attendants are already getting uh, on United right right now about the you know, not having enough bag. But the problem is that people again is they want to get. They got a bag. It's just, it's bigger than a bag. It's bigger than a 737 they're trying to put the bag on. <laughs> right. I mean, they, everybody's trying to save baggage fees. And yeah. uh, it's just, you're never going to make anybody happy. I well, mean, it's just, that is know, true. Yeah.
1: Dennis, what do you think about well, this? Well, I stuff?
2: suspect the bean counters at United have probably got it figured out that, hey, we're going to start, we can start charging for guaranteed overhead space as an additional add-on now
1: well they already See. do that uh, you know if you uh do any of the upgrades like first or business or whatever uh or you know, you know i mean it probably is a like a priority type of option i'm sure they offer it's just that, that new seating arrangement is only going to apply to economy so the people that are spending the least amount of money are going to be the ones that are going to be treated more like cattle, <laughs> you know? So, and all you have to do, you just got to know the system. Like I said, I mean, I, I've always been an aisle guy and I'm going to have to convert or rethink my planning when I'm flying economy that if I got a bag, I'm planning to bring on the plane, I'm going to have to get a window seat instead and, uh, and make that adjustment. So so you can still make it work for you, but you got to be aware of it, Dennis. Don't you think? Well, the- They'll they'll
2: change the system once you get it figured <laughs> right. out, and then they'll exactly. start figuring out we're going to do window, middle, aisle, but then we're also going to incorporate the back of the plane to the front so we can move the bottleneck farther back. So pretty soon the first people that are going to be getting on the plane are going to be the ones at the rear bulkhead on a uh, window seat.
1: Well, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I, that's uh, evidently in place now, and... Well well you know, it'll just uh be accepted after a while and then like you said, as soon as you get used to it, they'll change it again. Just how uh how things work these days and you gotta deal with it.
4: You cannot make everybody happy. and you know, in the thirty five years I I had a passenger one time, a first class player's passenger. We're we're headed to Hong Kong, we're over to the North Pole, you know, midnight uh east coast time and over the north pole you lose internet so he he's he's complained to a flight attempts i paid all this money and i don't have internet <laughs> you're in a metal tube at forty-one thousand feet over the north pole you have a great service you got this big meal in front of you. you got a bottle of champagne all you want all you can eat all you can drink and you're complaining that you don't have internet right i mean you just you can't make everybody happy i had a passenger one time uh this, the board, we landed, we got in like 45 minutes early from Brussels one time. I had a tremendous tail when we got in there. We got there early enough where he says, now I got, we got here 45 minutes early. Now I got to wait for my limo. You guys don't know how to run an airline. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't win. If you're 45 minutes late, they missed their connection. You get there early. Oh my God. He has to wait for his limo now or hmm. his pickup. You, you go to this no guy. What to do? You can't make everybody happy. Right. And this doesn't happen. Well,
1: I, you know, pack your patience, you know, that once again, it goes back to, you know, why is general aviation such a, a big advantage exactly. over uh, flying commercial? Well, we just covered several reasons. You don't have to constantly rework your schedule around theirs. Like you said, they got to make their money and they're going to find a way to squeeze every drop of revenue out of that uh, flying turnip that they can. And it's just how it uh, how it goes these days. And uh, you just got to be able to work with it. Or better yet, your better option would be to get your own aircraft, learn to be a pilot, and then you can just do it at your own pace, your own schedule. And then uh, you just alleviate all that stress.
2: And it only takes you five months from start to finish if you apply yourself.
1: Yeah, or, you know, 10 to 15 years, years. <laughs> if uh, you want to really stop and enjoy the whole process. Uh, right, back me up here, Tom, please. What do you think? Yeah? That, that, you, you, I mean, if you take the long way, you'll enjoy it and appreciate it uh much, much more once you achieve that uh level of being a private pilot, right?
4: And, you know, it's being a pilot or uh my son right now just Kind of change stuff just a little bit. He's now an airline pilot for, for an airline out, out in, uh, Texas. And, you know, a year ago, he, the biggest thing he'd flown was, was a Cessna 172. Right. And now he's on, now he's on his way to, uh, Colorado Springs, you know, at 35,000 feet in the jet. And in less than one year, he's, he's gone from a 172 to a, to a true airline pilot, pressurized, you know, point Mach, eight oh Mach, mock cruising across, loving life. Yeah. and. Uh,
1: he said, wait, because, hold on. This is uh, supposed to make me feel better about myself. How exactly? It's no, not. I'm okay. okay. This isn't not, about
4: you. It's, it's not. No, what I'm oh. saying is, is, he goes, that kind of made me feel so good. He says, Dad, being in the air, you know, we're getting to do something that. That hardy, that many people ever get. It is the best feeling in the world when you look down and you're controlling an aircraft. So I'm, I'm leading up to you, Greg. Where okay? You well, he light.
1: feels great, get and I done. feel like a lazy it- ass loser. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's just how we roll. And on that disturbing note, we're gonna have to wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning, than learning to fly. To fly.